This episode is brought to you by the International Parking and Mobility Institute, the largest and leading association of parking and mobility professionals in the world. Visit parking-mobility.org slash stay connected to access free resources, including professional development and transitional memberships for industry professionals affected by COVID-19 changes. Hello, and welcome to The Parking Podcast, the podcast where we talk about the $100 billion parking industry and the people that make it go. I'm your host, Isaiah Mao, and this is The Parking Podcast. Views and opinions are my own. Welcome back to another episode of The Parking Podcast. With us today is Dennis Burns, Regional Vice President with Kimley Horn & Associates. How are you doing today, Dennis? I'm doing fine, Isaiah. All right, and Dennis, one of my uh, favorite people in the industry, I've probably emailed you a hundred times over my career asking for for help or questions, or do you have an article on this or study on this, and you've always come through, so thank you for for all your help during during my career. You're welcome. I was looking at your LinkedIn, and I realized you are a 49er. I'm talking about, what is it, the University of Charlotte, I believe? And yeah, we UNC had, Charlotte. UNC Charlotte, that's great. Yeah, so... And we had another 49er on the podcast, so that's my podcast trivia. Can you name the other 49er in the parking industry? Gosh, I was going to say Gary Caton, but I'm not sure you did a podcast with him, so I'm really clueless on that. Oh, we may have three. It's Robert Farron, City of Columbus. Oh, I know Robert. Yeah, you guys have to connect over that. Yeah. All right, so let's uh, talk about you've had a, a really great career, so how did it all begin? How did you venture into this parking industry? Well, that's kind of an interesting story. I um, graduated from college. I started off in urban planning, should have stayed there, but ended up getting a degree in religious studies, believe it or not. And so when I got out, I was having a hard time finding a job. It was 1982-ish, and there was a recession back then as well. And I ended up taking a part-time job. Well, actually, I was working at a video store, not a video store, but a video company. And I had this interesting opportunity during college. I was really big into frisbee sports and running disc golf and those kind of things. And uh, I had an opportunity to get paid to do frisbee demos across the country, and uh, and also attend other frisbee tournaments. And even went to the World Frisbee Championships at the Rose Bowl. Came back, tried to find a job, and that was during the recession still. And ended up taking a part-time job as a, as a temporary cashier at the new Charlotte Douglas International Airport. And over a couple of years, I worked my way up to supervisor and eventually got a job as a director at a hospital running parking and transportation. So that's how I kind of backed into parking like the rest of us. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We got to back up. So the, the disc golf, was that as a player or were you volunteering with the tournament or helping behind the scenes or did you actually attend that as a player? I was a competitor and also a tournament organizer. It turns out tournament organizing was my, my better skill. <laughs> so I ended up running several national Frisbee tournaments and, uh, and went to, I think, three or four uh, World Frisbee Championships. Yeah, but not many uh, parking professionals. In fact, I could probably say there are no parking professionals that could say they played in a disc golf world championship. So that's really cool, Dennis. And from then, you eventually settle into to Kimley Horn as a consultant. I think you're actually our first consultant on the podcast. So I know one thing you've been passionate about is strategic plans. You, you did a presentation at this at one of the conferences. That was great. So let's talk a little bit about parking strategic plans, if you don't mind. So why is this critical to parking operations? 
Well, having having you know grown up in the parking industry and in operations uh, before I transitioned to consulting, operations was very important to me. And one of the things that I realized was that we are so many of us, and, and I think it's changed a lot since then. But so much, so many of us were just so focused on day-to-day operational issues, we never really got to kind of float up and and take a more strategic view of our programs and our operations. And so uh, once we started getting into, when I started getting into operations and consulting, we really thought it was important to kind of get the parking industry to think on more of a strategic level, especially in terms of how we interact with our, with our customers and our clients and our partners. So the presentation that I gave was really talked about the values of our programs and our, you know, our, our guiding principles and our mission statements and all of that kind of stuff, but really trying to develop specific operational recommendations based on core strategies and guiding principles can really help keep your program on track. And if you align everything to your operational elements to align with your strategic elements, then as you work your action plan, you're really being true to your guiding principles and core strategies. So I think it's really important for our industry. Yeah. What do those look like? Are they five years out, 10 years out, 50 years out? What what are you, when you're helping cities or universities develop a strategic plan, how far in the future are you looking? Generally five to 10 years, probably more like five, but it really is more about developing a framework that your entire program and all of your staff can get behind and understand what your program goals are, you know, and how that your program supports your larger institutions' goals and their objectives. Yeah, that's great. I remember part of a, I had a CAP training, had a CAP class, it had this, which animal are you? I can't remember all the animals. One of them was eagle. You know, do you soar above and keep an eye on things and have a strategic vision for the future? And I definitely was not that. I was the animal that's in the weeds, working day to day. But I remember that training and, and realizing how important that strategic plans and be thinking about the future are. We have members on my team that are, that are so good at that. They have great ideas but they're not going to get you there. So it's, you, you got to have all of it. You got to take care of the day to day, but you got to be thinking about that future well. So that's, that's good stuff. Another interesting topic that you were involved with was the performance-based parking management manual. Do you know what I'm talking about with the city of Portland, I believe? Can you break that down for us? What exactly is a performance-based parking management manual? That was a mouthful. Well, yeah, that was a really interesting project. It was uh... It was a follow-up to a previous study that was done that city council recommended that they do this performance-based parking management manual. And really the purpose uh, was to create performance targets and procedures for establishing things like new meter districts, how to better use data to inform the management decisions that they were going to make. And so using data to adjust rates or set frequency of adjustments or establish hours of enforcement those kinds of things. And then we talked about communications procedures for parking management and coordinating on and off street systems into a more seamless system. But really this was about, you know, how do we use the data that we have to better manage our programs and be more transparent with our, with our customers about how and why we're making the management decisions we're making. Yeah. And so I'm on the parking operator side and I've seen a trend with cities recently with key performance indicators, so pretty similar with performance-based parking management, where 
in the past, you'd get a flat rate management fee and get reimbursed for your expenses. Now that fee is a lot lower, but you can be bonused by hitting key performance indicators to get a larger payment. So it's incentivizing your operators, your technology providers to hit certain thresholds. And I, I really like that trend. I think it's the way to go, but that reminds me of, of that trend as well. Yep. So some big news out of the Burns camp. You were recently named to the IPMI Board of Directors. First off, congratulations, Dennis. Thank you so much. So what was your campaign? You know, I know uh, what was your, your pitch for, for why members should vote for you? I know you uh, sent some emails. I saw some people send some emails on your behalf and saw some social media campaigning. But uh, why Dennis Burns? What, what's your plans to, to help with uh, IPMI? Well, you know, I've been involved with IPMI for, God, what, 30 years now or something like that. So uh, really for me, the, the motivation for applying for the board was really, this is an opportunity for me to give back a little more to the, to the industry that's given me so much. So really that, that is the primary thing. But I have been on numerous boards and committees over the years, uh, specifically the CAP. One of the ones I'm most proud of was... Uh, working with the committee that put together the uh, APO program. Uh, that was an idea I floated way back in like 95, and it took them several years, so there was some persistence there. But uh, we had a really great team and a really great uh, committee, and Dave Hill did a fantastic job of pulling it all together. But I think that was one of my most satisfying contributions. I was also on the research committee, been on parking matters committee for a number of years. But really, for me, this is about uh, just giving back and I do have one little passion area. I probably shouldn't get out ahead of the board on this, but <laughs> one of the things I've always had a real interest in is creating sort of a, a CAP master's kind of program, another level of CAP that would be, you know, a more advanced level. So I love don't it. I don't know if that'll get any traction, but it's something I'm going to be interested in discussing. I know one thing I've said on the podcast before, but I'm studying for the AICP uh, certification and become a certified planner. And, you know, Donald Shoup's a, a planner. Several people in the industry are, but they have a fellow, AICP fellow, but I don't, I don't know how you become one, but it's, it's almost like that, the next level for, for planning. Yeah, I really like that idea, and I, I would definitely support that. And had no idea that you were involved with the APO. I love the program. I've certified three, well, I've helped certify three organizations. Um, that's pretty special to us. In fact, if you... Check out the previous episode with Rachel Yoka listeners because we talk about the, the APO certification to learn more about that. Yeah, I mean, Dennis, you, you've, you talk about wanting to give back now after being with IPMI for 30 plus years, but you've done that your whole career. I've made the joke before that there, there was a time stretch there where uh, whoever won the Parking Professional of the Year or the Young Parking Professional of the Year, it seemed about five, six years in a row, every single one of them thank Dennis Burns because like I said earlier, you've, you've always been, been such a big help. And I know you're, you're a consultant, you're paid to help, but I know you've done a lot of just a kind of pro bono work there helping specifically young people, young leaders. So we appreciate that. And I know uh, you're going to do great on the IPMI board. Well, thanks. So I didn't nominate all those people by myself. It was a real team effort from a, a whole collection of colleagues, but one thing I will say about that is I was nominated and, and won back in 2010, 
And when I finally got the email letting me know and, and sending, showing me the package that they are, my, my friends submitted, my colleagues submitted, I was, I, I was sitting in a first class airplane seat reading this thing and I started crying. It was so, <laughs> it affected me so much. And the little, nice little lady next to me was like, son, are you okay? Was, yeah, <laughs> oh man. Yeah. That's a great story. I, I also had a colleagues nominate me and it, it's, you're right. And you know, you have a, a few minutes to give a thank you speech, but it's not enough. You know, the people that have helped you throughout your career or helped nominate you, it's, it's a pretty special moment. Yeah. Congrats to you. Uh, one thing also you mentioned cap and I know you've had a lot to do with cap. In fact, you were even the MC from my uh, cap graduation. You announced the names as they walked across the stadium. I believe that was you. How long have you been cap and then why is cap important to you? Oh gosh, I think I became a cap probably in like maybe the eighth year of the program. I don't remember what year that was, but no, it was really exciting to take the test. And back then the test was, was uh, really interesting. And we had a whole group just, you know, studying, cramming all night long before the test. And we were all really nervous. <laughs> I thought it was quite challenging, but you know, it really does add a level of distinction and to the to our industry, and you know, some some credibility. Just the idea that there is a, such a thing as a parking professional. So, I really think that's critical. I think that it's it's one way that differentiates us, and I think it's the best program out there. So, it's something I, I strongly support and and hope to support further going forward. No, that's great, especially with your your Cat Masters initiative. Let's talk a little bit about Kimberly Horn. They've been a great company to work for. Um, I've worked with them on a, quite a number of projects, and they've always done a great job. So tell us what you enjoy about working with Kimberly Horn. Oh, gosh. Kimberly Horn is probably the best company I've ever worked for without, without question. It's just so well-managed. Really, the people are just top-notch. You know, I'm, I'm kind of the dumb guy in the crowd here. You know, everybody else has, you know, three masters and two PhDs, that kind of thing. But, but beyond the people, which are, which are awesome, it's, you know, we have such a great culture. You know, I think we've been uh, Forbes or whatever it is, uh, best workplaces for like the last 14 years or something like that. And that's quite an accomplishment. But we have every resource you could ever want, you know, whether it's, you know, GIS or CAD or drone technology, you know, we've got any resource we could ever want, which is just fantastic and such a comprehensive uh, scope of services. We can do just about anything for anybody, including transit and land planning and development and all kinds of stuff like that. So we really can offer our clients a whole suite of solutions that I haven't seen in any other consulting firm. Just one example of that, we were doing a master plan for Colorado State University and looking at maybe up to eight parking garages at one point. And one location had two parking garages slated to go there. It was kind of in between two campuses. And uh, the fact that we had traffic element to our project because we had that capability really I mean, just one little analysis of the roadway that connected those two potential new parking garages made them realize that if they were going to put that much parking in that area, they were going to have to expand that road. And so that was a $2 million cost that they hadn't factored in. So the fact that we had traffic in-house allowed us to make them aware of that, and we changed the plans and put less parking in that area to save that $2 million. So having all the services in one place is really fantastic. Yeah, a lot of times you 
you know, not being as familiar before joining the industry, you think a company like Kimberly Horn is just a parking consulting company. But then as you went on my career, I realized, you know, it's a lot bigger than that, the transportation. In fact, I think it started as a transportation consulting company. But I, you're right. I read online that, you know, the average employee, about 50% of employees typically say their their job is a good place to work, where Kimberly Horn's survey was like 98% or something crazy. And yeah, they've, they've been on that best places to work list for so many years. And yeah, they're a great company. They'll do you right. So definitely uh, get in contact them. What is the best way, Dennis, if someone is wanting uh, some consulting needs to, to get a hold of uh, Kimberly Horn? Well, I guess just the best place, the easiest thing would be just go to www.kimberly-horn.com. Uh, and under services, you can see uh, all the services that we provide, but there's one for parking, which will detail all the parking services that we offer. We also have a new brochure. If anybody's interested in that, just request it. And I'll be happy to send you one. That's great. We'll put Dennis's email in the show notes so you can contact Dennis. Okay. So we talked a little bit about the, the disc golf. Do you still play? Are you still pretty active in the disc golf scene? Uh, yeah, actually, I've been playing disc golf for... Uh, 40 years maybe or more. Um, um, I actually got married in a rose garden in a disc golf course in Latta Park in Charlotte. So that was kind of interesting. Rather than throwing rice, they threw Grateful Dead mini Frisbees, which I thought was always fun. (laughs) Uh, I still play. uh, My daughter and I play uh, almost every weekend. And uh, yeah, I still enjoy it. And it's it's a great way to get out. Yeah, no, that's awesome. But I also heard another rumor that you have an extensive Pez collection. So uh, what are we talking about here? Are we talking about dozens, hundreds? What does this look like? What is an extensive Pez collection? Well, I've been thinking for the past two weeks, anticipating this interview, I was actually going to go count them because I haven't counted them in a number of years, but it's easily over a couple of thousand. (laughs) No way. It's taken over the house, but uh, it's a lot of fun. It's, uh, you know, more than just Pez dispensers. You know, there are giant Pez dispensers and all kinds of weird paraphernalia and uh, other things. I even have a Pez Halloween costume and probably some 30-year-old Pez grape-flavored popcorn and weird stuff like that. Wow, that's so cool. So do you have it, at least do you have it all boxed up in an attic or do you have them proudly on display in a room in the house? I'm not the, I'm not the kind of collector that keeps everything, in, you know, mint in package. I like to play with them. So they're all out of the package. They're all displayed all over the house. They're just so colorful and friendly. I I, kind of have this collector gene, I guess. I've got a lot of other weird collections, too. Probably the weirdest one is I have a small collection of meter bag hoods. (laughs) That's a great idea. I've talked about my dream on the podcast before is to start a parking museum. So the oldest meter I could find, meter bag collections, um, just anything interesting, parking stuff in the movies or TV shows. But we're definitely going to have to put your... uh, your meter hood collection on display. I forgot what that's called when, when you loan your, your art to, to the museum. That's, that's really cool. And I have the same thing. So my, with the stay at home in, in place, I was cleaning out the attic and found old basketball cards, baseball cards. I have a magnet collection for every place I visited. I have thousands of books in my library. I have thousands of uh, DVDs. I have coin collection with trying to get a coin from every country of the, of the world. I'm a big fan of fellow collectors and can't wait to, to uh, learn more about the, this Pez collection. That's, that's pretty cool, Dennis. Yep. So Dennis, uh, you know, you've been 
an IPMI member for almost 30 years. Do you, do you, do you have an idea of how many IPMI conferences you've missed? Because I, I know they're still having the virtual conference. This would have been my 10th anniversary. Well, I guess it still is if, if I attend the virtual, but you've been a pretty faithful attendee for, for most of them or what's that look like for you? Can't remember the first. The first one was when I was joined uh, Carolina's healthcare system as a director, and the first con- the conference that year was in Toronto, and they had a policy that you know people under a certain level couldn't do international travel, and so I didn't get to go to that one. And I can't remember when that was. Probably nineties, one, two, three, something like that. But I think I've made every single one ever since 91 then. So I've been to every one since I started. Well, wow, that's, that's amazing. And being a collector, you probably collect all your, uh, your badges. You have every badge from every conference. I, I have about uh, seven of them. I didn't start that t- till later, but that's really cool. Yeah. And another one, I think they're, they have another one in Canada in a few years, maybe two years. So that's, a, that's another hurdle, hopefully. I still get to go, but always wanted to visit Toronto, so I'm excited about that. Yeah, I, I enjoyed going to the World Parking uh, Symposium a couple of times up in Canada, so that that was fun as well. But and most, you know, and of course all the state and regional associations. I've been on boards. I, I helped start up the SWAPTA and uh, been on the PIPTA board and a regular attendee to uh, California Parking. I, I was also one of the early members of Carolina's Parking Association way back in the day. So. So much history there. That's, that's great, Dennis, like a walking parking historian. So we appreciate you joining the podcast. Again, visit kimleyhorn.com to, to learn more. If you have any needs for consulting, they're going to do you right. Also email Dennis. His email will be in the show notes. And uh, Dennis, congratulations again on being elected to the IPMI board. Thank you, Isaiah. All right. Have a great week, sir. Thank you, sir. To our listeners, thank you so much for listening to another episode of The Parking Podcast. Please leave us a review and tell a friend about our show. It would mean a lot. This has been a production of Synchronicity Media, produced by me, Isaiah Mao. Our music and score is by Zona. Our show art and design is by the talented Allison Gilly. You can follow us on social media at The Parking Podcast, or you can find our website with bonus content at parkingcast.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in two weeks. This episode is brought to you by the International Parking and Mobility Institute, publishers of the industry's only soup-to-nuts textbook about all things parking. It's called A Guide to Parking, and several of our guests from previous episodes have contributed to this wonderful little textbook. Learn more and order your own copy at parking-mobility.org textbook.